0: You know, the Lord Jesus Christ was the great physician. Multitudes of people came to him with various ailments and were instantly healed. We have one such story in the Bible of a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 long years. she had spent all her money on medical remedies, but continued to grow worse. Her problem was probably only known to the doctors of her town, though likely her deteriorating condition was obvious to everybody. Her time was running out. Would she admit that she needed help? Her life depended on it. Sin is like that. It's a condition that gets worse and worse. Sometimes we hide the shame and devastation that wrecks in our lives. But it needs to be acknowledged if we are to find forgiveness and healing. In this Anchor Point message, Speaker Brody Thibodeau examines this woman's story in more detail, applying the glorious gospel message to her experience with Christ that day. Let's turn
1: in the scriptures now to an Old Testament passage. It's the book of Numbers in chapter 15. I'd like to get a little reference before we come to a New Testament story. Let's read a verse number 37. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes, the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue, and it shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and to do them, that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go whoring, that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. Now the New Testament, please. The New Testament in the book of Luke chapter 8 in Luke chapter 8, in verse 42, I just want to get the last line of verse number 42, which leads into verse 43, but as he went, the multitude thronged him, that is, they were clamoring around him. Verse 43 of Luke chapter 8, and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. Came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched, or it stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. It is, I believe, in Mark's gospel that it says she told him all the truth. Verse 48, and he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Now the bulk of our comments are going to be made on verses 43 and 44. As we discuss... This woman, one of the dear women who came to the Lord Jesus. I think of John's Gospel, chapter 4, and that woman who met the Lord Jesus at the well. Near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, she found the Savior of the world. Marvelous. I can't help but think of the woman in John's Gospel, chapter 8, who had been taken by those men who were hypocrites, Using the Bible to highlight other people's sin and never seeing their own sin in the scriptures. And she was face to face with the Lord Jesus. And while those other men were hard and callous, she found a tender hearted man, a man who had a sincere care for her. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You see, in John chapter four, this woman had five husbands and she had a man who wasn't her husband. And she had never come across a man with such a tender, true, and sincere care as the Lord Jesus had. And the woman in John chapter eight, she had been treated very, very poorly by the men in that story. And she came across a man with a tender heart of compassion, the Lord Jesus. Can I tell you tonight about a man who loves you? A man who cares with a care that transcends any care that any person on this earth could have. For we must say, with every feeling of love and with every act of love, there is always that within us that is self-seeking, that has some kind of self-interest in it. But the love that the Lord Jesus has is a truly and completely selfless love. He cares for you. And the reason I bring up those other two women is because tonight when we talk about this woman with the issue of blood, you're going to remember, or you're going to find out as we go through, that she had been to many, many different men, and they couldn't help her. But on this day, when she comes to meet the Lord Jesus, she finds in him a man who had the power to help, and a man who had the desire to help. Now, as I'm preaching the gospel tonight, you're going to think again, aren't you? you're going to think, how does this apply to me? When I think of my situation in light of God, in light of eternity, in light of my sins, in light of this gospel, in light of the Bible, how do I fit into the story of the woman with the issue of blood? Do I have a problem that needs to be addressed? And if, as you are thinking, you find out that you do have a problem that needs to be addressed, you're going to be honest. You know, for this part of my media, I could almost record it and press play every night, right? I say the same thing in almost the same words. Why? You need to think and be honest. Follow me now as we find a woman who has been severely affected by a condition that she cannot control. And it says it's an issue of blood. Verse number 43, a woman having an issue of blood. It very well could be what the Old Testament referred to as the issue of blood. I'm not going to get into anything medical because I'm not a doctor, but I'll tell you this, an issue of blood that had plagued her for years, something on the inside that she couldn't stop, something that caused her pain, something that caused her grief, and very likely something that caused her shame, frustration. All of these feelings combined in this condition. here she was. You can imagine going about for 12 years looking for a solution to a problem and nobody can help you. This man promises he can help you, but he has nothing. This next man will take your money. You see, you understand that money was involved in all of this. She would go and she would give money. She would go and get her hopes up only to be let down every time. And the condition was only growing worse. Now, if this is not your first gospel meeting, you know we're returning with this one. This condition is a picture of your problem, the problem of sin, something that is affecting you, something that is plaguing you. And perhaps if you're just thoughtful enough and honest enough tonight, you will say it's something that bothers you. As you stop and you think about meeting God, your sin bothers you. If it doesn't, there's something wrong. When you think about eternity and where you will be forever after you die, Bothers you. There's that nagging little pull and tug every time there's quiet in your heart. I'm enjoying my life, perhaps, but I'm not ready to die. Or my life is miserable. I've been trying this and I've been trying that. You know, really, that is the picture of her going to all of the physicians. It's the alcoholic who takes to drink. It doesn't help, but it grows worse. It's the drug addict who takes the next hit. It doesn't help. It just grows worse. And it's the person who goes and tries to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend to try and fill that need, to somehow make life worth living, to somehow give purpose to this emptiness that I experience all the time. And every time you get a new boyfriend, it ends bad. And every time you get a new girlfriend, it ends bad. And things just start to become bleaker and darker. And worse, can I say tenderly, and with all of the conviction that I can, you need to get to this man tonight. You need to get to the man who can solve the problem. You don't need a man to make it worse. And maybe you're like this woman, and you're growing frustrated and connected with your problem of sin. there is shame, and you know that people know. And connected with your problem of sin, there's a frustration. I can't stop sinning. And even when I do stop sinning, here's the thing. Even when I do stop sinning, I still feel guilty. I get no reprieve in my conscience. It's always with me. You know, this woman very well could have been able to go about her business from day to day. But this was always with her. It was always there. My friend, what a beautiful thing we're going to witness here today. When a woman who has been weighed down by the burden of this condition, when a woman who has been shamed by the things connected with this condition, and a woman who has been frustrated that nobody else could help and disappointed that everything that gave her hope has fallen through, finally comes to meet the man with power. See, that can be you tonight. Follow it closely. She had an issue of blood. That's your sin. Now, just to switch gears a little bit for a thought that I'm having now on this 12 years. For those of you who study the Bible, you'll understand that the idea of 12 is the administration of God. And very simply, I'm going to propose this. Whatever had happened in this woman's life, it was allowed by God. I'm speaking to people tonight. You have real life issues. We're not saying that the problems in your life are light. It could be that someone's listening to me tonight and you're sick. It could be that you've lost a loved one. It could be that you've lost your job. It could be that you're dealing with addictions. It could be a lot of things. But I look at this woman and what God allowed in her life for one reason. You know why? It would cause in her an earnest desire to get to Christ understand i'm not being heard when i say this and as we're preaching the gospel my friend we don't want to sound hard but god has allowed whatever it is to come in your life so that you will think about eternity and god has allowed it not so that you will just sit there and fret but god has allowed it so that you will make it an urgent priority to come to christ an issue of blood allowed by God so that she would make it urgent. But we come down a little further and we understand now that she had tried everything and she could not be healed. But if you were to go to Mark's account, you will find that she had heard of Jesus. I find that to be significant in the narrative, my friend. Why? Why else would she come if she hadn't have heard? And furthermore, if she hadn't believed what she heard, why would she come? You see, now we take a turn and we're going to focus again on the word of God and the importance of the word of God in the forgiveness of your sins and taking care of your problem. But remember, she was just living in a village somewhere in the land of Israel, in the land of Canaan or the land of Palestine, whatever you want to call it. I call it the land of Israel. That's what the Bible calls it. She was in the land of Israel, just living her life in frustration and shame and disappointment with a disease that nobody could help her with. And then she heard. What does she hear? You know, there was a man in Capernaum, in the synagogue, and he stood up one day and the Lord Jesus said, put forward your hand. And a hand that had been withered to the point where he couldn't use it was made whole. That man had power to heal. Did you know that there were Lepers, people who were diseased with leprosy. And they came to the Lord and they cried out to have mercy. And he had mercy and he healed them. His power to heal. Did you know that there was a blind man? And that blind man was blind from birth for all of those years. And he came to the Lord Jesus and the Lord Jesus anointed his eyes. He had power to heal him. She heard a message about a man who had power to heal her. I'm reminded of the words at the cross. He saved others. Thank God he saved others. As I'm preaching tonight, perhaps you know someone, maybe not too many, but you know a few people, maybe even one, and this man of whom I am speaking had the power to save them, and they're not perfect. I know they're not, but they're different. Something has happened in their life that could only be accomplished by the power of God, and you've heard about a man. Who has power to make a difference. He has power to convert. He has power to save. He has power to forgive. He has power to take you to heaven. And when she heard about this man, you can just see her weighing it up, can't you? I've tried so many physicians, and nobody can help me. Are you sure that this man can help me? You know what? If she lived in Capernaum, and she got to see the man whose withered hand was healed, you know what he'd tell her? Oh, this man can help you. If she were to go down towards Jerusalem and find that man whose eyes had been anointed and he was able to see, you know what he'd tell her? This man can help you. This man has power. There's something going to happen here, that's fantastic. As she responds to the message she hears and she comes to see the man, she says, if I could just touch his clothes, that's Mark's gospel, I'm going to go and I'm going to touch him. But here in Luke's gospel, the reason I chose this account is because of the details. It says here, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. What's that? Really, it's the fringe or the hem of his garment. And I used to preach this as a younger man. Notice, I didn't say young. I still consider myself young. But I used to preach this and say that Border of that garment. You know, the garment might have been being made, and they cut it off with some scissors or they cut it off with a knife, and the border of that garment was all uneven, and the border of that garment looked sloppy, and they took it and they folded it, and with the skillful hand of someone who could sew with thread, they finished it. And I often looked at the garment, the border, the fringe, the hem of the garment, as being a picture for us of the finished work of Calvary. And as this woman is reaching out and as she's looking for something to give a reality now, she's not looking for something just to make her feel good. She's looking for reality and she reaches and she touches the finished work. Tremendous, isn't it? That if you were to come into contact with the man, Christ Jesus tonight, and if you were to acknowledge that the work is finished on the cross of Calvary, accepting as satisfying, what God has already found satisfying. You know what you will find? Forgiveness and healing. But I'm not quite sure that that explains the whole idea of this fringe on the border of his garment. Because the fringe on the border of his garment would have been just like the fringe on the border in the book of Numbers that we read. It would have been that ribbon, I don't doubt the ribbon of blue, And when you look back in that passage, the reason we read it is to explain why they were to put the ribbon of blue on the bottom of their garment. It wasn't just to make it look good. And it wasn't just for appearance. It was to remind them of something. And we read it together, that they would remember and obey what? The commandments of the Lord. Now, in order for us to get the real picture, we have to understand that in the Old Testament, the law of Moses was considered the commandments the law of Moses being the commandments, we understand that it is really the word of God. And what this woman was going to come into contact with that day, that, listen, would release the power of God, was the fringe of the garment that speaks of the word of God. And see, I know you've been trying to get around it. Maybe you've been trying to get around it for six weeks, or you've been trying to get around it for six years or 60 years, but the word of God is vital if you're going to know Christ. In fact, Peter tells us that being born again is not by corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. So it is not just the word of God that carries authority, my friends, but it is the word of God that has living, active power. Two aspects of power in the New Testament. One of them is authority. The Lord Jesus said, no man taketh my life from me. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment or this power have I received of my Father. That's authority. I have the authority to lay my life down. I have the authority to take it again. This authority I received from my father. The other aspect of power is really energy. That which gets the work done. And the word of God is powerful. You see, I'm going to finish this statement now. But there are three different aspects to the value of the word of God in our preaching. Number one, it is the word of God that we have for our authority to say what we say. God's word. Number two, it is the word of God that releases the power of God when a person trusts Christ. And number three, it is the word of God that gives me the comfort and assurance and the knowledge that I know Christ and have my sins forgiven. Reaching out, she touches the hem, the fringe, and the power is released. Can't you see it, my friend? The reason I am focusing on just these two verses is because the moment he touched, immediately, immediately, it says, her issue of blood stanched or stopped. I enjoy what's said afterwards. I enjoy the conversation where the Lord Jesus says, who touched me? He knew who touched him. He knew all about her. But he's going to encourage her now to come to him. And I believe he's encouraging her now to come to him for one reason. Not just so that she will be exposed in the eyes of men. That's not it. Not the only reason. You know what it is? So he can give her a promise. He's going to give her a promise now. He's going to give her assurance. For what if? What if this feeling that I have changes? He can't depend on feelings, you know. This woman is going to get something more than just a feeling. Remember, she came to Christ and the power was released when she came into contact with that which speaks of the word of God. Healed immediately. But now she comes before him. And what does he say? Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. What's that? That's just a word from the Savior himself to give her assurance that what had happened was exactly what she thought had happened. Don't settle for anything less than what you get from the Bible. Don't settle for anything less. I know there's some people in here tonight and you're holding on, yes, I'm looking for assurance. What are you looking for assurance of, my friend? Well, I look back and something happened to me. Well, don't look back. Either something real happened or it didn't. But suppose you fell and bumped your head and you imagined it all. You need something more than in your memory. You need something more than a feeling. You need something you can depend upon and that you can rest upon with complete confidence so you can go in peace. The Word of God. The Word of God is the authority. The Word of God is the release of power. I'm done now. But the Word of God is assurance of peace. Wouldn't you love to have something real?
0: Yes, this dear woman was willing to step forward from the crowd and expose her need. And what simple yet determined faith she showed in just touching the hem of Christ's garment for her healing. It was miraculous and instantaneous. But what happened next was even more so. She heard the Lord speaking to her. Imagine, he called her daughter and told her that her faith had made her whole. Yes, her sins were forgiven. What wonderful words of assurance and comfort. What a story she had to tell her friends and family that evening. It was a day she would never forget. Have you ever heard the Word of God speaking peace to your soul? You need to. Like this woman, come to the Lord Jesus Christ today just as you are and trust in His atoning work on Calvary. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ, who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.